Hi, I'm Bron. And I'm Charlotte. Charlotte is an actress who's so believably vapid that once when she played a character who flips her car while live streaming, the internet believed it was real. And when I asked Bron about if she'd ever produced any memorable stunts as an art producer, she told me the only one she could think of involved stuff coming out of a woman's vagina and that she then had to clean it up. This <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is the podcast where we watch great Australian films and try to learn as much as we can about what makes a movie beloved. Welcome to the movies. That's, That's not just... what the name of the podcast is. This is why I have to say the welcome to bit because otherwise we mess it oh, up. Oh yeah. Welcome to <laughs> At the, the movies, movies with Charlotte and Bron. <laughs> so we're calling this our season finale. But full disclosure, We might just release another episode next week. Yeah, what is a season except a construct we created? That's right. Mm. That's exactly right. And so I guess in the spirit of it maybe being a season finale, it's it's blockbuster size. And thanks for making it this far with us, baby. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us week after week, which I assume you've not just jumped in randomly episode six. That would be wild and you might be a little bit nervous. Yeah, you you don't know what you're in for if that's the Mm -hmm. case. Um... A treat, for sure, but a supersized treat. A supersized treat, because we go on some tangents. We we first, we're in a state when we start this episode, and that state continues. And and we, we do talk for a long time about Mad Max. Well, we talk for a long time. We do talk about Mad Max, but I think we um, talk about a great many other things as well. We do. And... Oh yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna do some deep dives into craft. That's right. Distribution. Ooh. My menstrual cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Strap yourselves in. Season finale. Podcast o'clock, o'clock. It's party time in podcast o'clock. Come in. It's party time in podcast o'clock, o'clock. It's party time in podcast o'clock. I gotta say, I feel like I've been in a stupor. Yeah. Good. Really? Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I feel ah, I very afternoon slump. The one I I love the idea of watching together. Yeah. And like making like like cuddling up on the couch and closing all the blinds and eating a block of chocolate and watching a movie and calling it work. I love that, but it does mean Yeah, it's hard to go to work. But then yeah, when you have to set up microphones afterwards and talk about it. I'm... I think I've cracked the ultimate. What is it? You're gonna love this actually. I can't wait sleepover you watch the movie you cuddle up on the couch yes. you have a block of chocolate you yes. go to sleep you wake in up in the, the morning. morning that is you go to sleepover work. is my fave i thought you might like that <laughs> i love sleepover and also i'm a morning person mm. did you know that it's so funny because whenever we see each other in the morning it's because i got too drunk to drive home so i'm always really hungover 
Yeah, you don't seem like a morning person. <laughs> That's why I had realized I you may not even know this because whenever you see me in the morning. No, I think I know that about you. Generally, I know that you can get up and get things done. You I, like to get up and get things going. Best mm. You're this- not because you're not a nighttime person. <laughs> I'm so he is hoping famous for falling asleep at yeah. nine o'clock no matter where I am or who I'm with it doesn't matter if you're a Cinderella the pumpkin I becomes a pumpkin asleep. again that would be the one issue with sleepover actually you'd fall asleep we'd put a movie on and I'd fall asleep not that my, could make for some not fun. my problem you can tell me the synopsis <laughs> in the morning and you'll have things to say whether you've watched the film or not <laughs> you know I will it, like ultimately throughout most of the film usually I'm just looking at IMDB trivia anyway a peek behind the curtain ladies <laughs> and gentlemen <laughs> No, I watched the movie. Well, I'd like you to prove it in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because I did think as we were watching this, I cannot wait for Bron to do the synopsis for this film, this week's Mm. film. Oh, I'm a bit nervous. I'm nervous for you. First of all, I want to open up our episode today Mm. um, where we will break down and give hard-hitting film analysis of the Australian classic, the highly influential cultural touchstone 1979 film, George Miller's Mad Max. Um, With a quote from you. Okay. (laughs) um, While we were just watching it just now. Uh, I never remember what I've just said. (laughs) The quote is... It's kind of hard to know what the hell's going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got me. <laughs> and you got me. not know. It's tricky. Like I did file I was working for it. Yeah. It is what... Okay, look, I'm mm. nervous about my first impressions because the last time we did mm. the movie like this, like where we watched the movie and then immediately jumped in. jumped in, it was for Crocodile Dundee and I do remember that we did not like the movie when we first started and then by the end it was our favourite film of all time. So I'm nervous about what my like off-the-cuff remarks are here. I think that it is objectively an incredible film. Mm. Like objectively it's such... it's. It's such original filmmaking. It is so influential. Like, there are moments in it that... I mean, I haven't seen this movie for years and years and years, but there are just, like, images that are so iconic that they are, like, seared into your mind. It's pretty, like... Yeah, it's, like, generally pretty iconic. It is. It's iconic. It's, like, when people think of Australian film, they think of yeah. Mad Max. They name Mad Max. Yeah. I And I think I watched it, yeah, the last time I watched it was when I was 18 and when everyone was like, you have, you haven't seen Mad Max. You gotta <laughs> see I, Mad Max. You ever heard of Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, O Week and everyone's yeah. talking about their favourite film and you're like, oh god, I, got, oh god, I gotta I go to the, Mad Max. I gotta go to the library and borrow a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so it's like obviously no denying that it's an important film and even watching it now it's like oh this is such a this is such this is skill skillful filmmaking. Mm. It's not really fun. No, when we started it I did have to take a moment to sort of like drop in. I was sitting next to my best friend on the couch watching a movie and then I I had a moment <laughs> where I was like 
oh, I feel a bit stressed. Yeah, this movie's not fun. <laughs> it's a bit stressful. I think when we thought about doing this film, we were like, oh, Mad Max, it's an action flick. Mm. But it's kind it's of a... It's more than an action flick. Yeah, it's a dystopian thriller, really. Yeah. And it's like, it's not torture porn because there's actually not even that much on-screen violence. Or like, there gets less and less as the movie goes on, which makes it worse because you're like, oh, yeah, no. It's all implied. I mean, honestly, what on-screen violence do you even see? Like, what gore is there? Uh, a disembodied hand hanging from but the back of But you don't see a... that person's hand get torn What about a... Uh, um, a, a really on. charred body just popping yeah, out. But you don't see the person like. But you see the charred body. Yeah, you see the charred body, but you don't even see the whole. Ch- you just see a charred hand. You just see disembodied bits. Yeah, this is what I mean. Concept. Also, you hated that charred body. I didn't like it. Uh, you... I don't know. This might be. I'm leaving a break just in case we want to cut this out so it's a clean cut. Okay. <laughs> because I don't know if it's okay to say this. I say this in. Oh, God, how nervous am I to say this? We're in control of this podcast. <laughs> we, we can cut this out. If you decide you don't want this out there, this is totally in your control. If I'm ever that charred body, oh, this kill is kill me. Oh, my God. Like, just kill me. Kill me. Okay. I- I'm looking. Your face right now, you're kind of in tears. Like, <laughs> I don't want to live. You're allowed to feel that way about your own body. I don't is that be, what you're worried about? Are you worried about saying this that it's that you might be like, like being? I might be. Well, like some people who have a charred body might be I living, understand. might have a life with a very happy in a happy life. Yeah. yeah, and who am I to be like that's not a life worth yes. living? Yes, I understand. I watched that bit in the movie and I was like, that's not for me. You did gag, like, like, like you made an involuntary sound <laughs> that I was like, oh, she's. <laughs> She's had a bodily reaction to this moment. I did not like it. <laughs> I'm bad with blood and guts. I didn't know that, like, all body scabification was also a thing I could not what handle. What do you mean? Oh, oh, like, oh, oh you didn't you know you, you, Sorry, I d- didn't listen to the end of the sentence. I thought you were saying you didn't know that all body scabification was a thing. And I was like, <laughs> no. what? You thought you can only scab a little bit at a time? <laughs> Just one little scab for me. Well... You know that this movie, the inspiration for this movie was that George Miller, also known for the movie Babe and Happy Feet. <laughs> it's so amazing to consider. I'll, it's actually so um, aspirational to be like, don't box yourself in. No, make whatever you want to make. Make whatever the hell you want to make. And this is a movie that follows that um, ideology. Mm. But anyway, he the in, this was his first film. He was not a filmmaker before this. Mm. He was a medical doctor. Wow. Did you not know this? No, I don't know he any was, of this. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you really <laughs> savoured that moment. And I'm going to give it to you. I love telling you things you don't already know. So he was a medical doctor. He worked in a hospital mm. and he saw a lot of car accident related injuries. Yeah, you've st- you started gagging again. <laughs> I wish that this like was a visual that. medium and people could see the face that you're making. <laughs> it was a real, me. like, involuntary. <sighs> yeah, he saw a lot of accidents and it basically was like, I want to make a movie about, like, people... Carnage? Getting, yeah, people getting injured on the road, essentially. Isn't that wild? <sighs> and then he goes... He goes, uh... <laughs> What does he go? He goes, uh, 
Um, I also I love... got. I need someone to write this. Um, I obviously can't. I'm a medical doctor. I'll only direct it. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, I need someone to write this. And he sort of looked at some American films that he thought were good and they all happened to be written by journalists. So he just got in touch with a dude that wrote for The Australian, the newspaper The Australian, and was like, hey, you want to write a movie for me? And the guy was like, all right. And so... All right. All right then. (laughs) And so I think they paid him like... 1500 this is i'm not this is not a i don't know this don't fact check this don't fact check this like 1500 dollars or something ridiculous he worked on it for a year and he would he would work on it at night like overnight and then george miller would come around at 7 a.m in the morning and give notes wow that's which feels like it explains a lot yeah the movie is um i'm distracted by the (laughs) (laughs) i really thought i'm also distracted by this just is not good. Describe what's going on there while I go fix it. I have like a stepladder that is kind of really precariously. Yes, thank you. It was like half shut and at any moment it was threatening to topple over. And also my door was bonking open and closed. We're back. We're back in the room. Um, We've got I'm to back. start the synopsis because it's going yeah, to take right, me a long right. time, I think. To get through the synopsis. I think it might take me as long as the film. Wait, hold on. I've lost my... Where's my notes? Where's my phone? Okay. All right. Okay. Also, I just have to say, we might cut this out too, but Mm. I'm so gassy. I think from... (laughs) (laughs) Like, I definitely... I don't feel physically comfortable right now. I feel like all the chocolate, the lying down, first day of my period. Tracky ducks. I think I need to. Yeah, I reckon I need to get you some tricky Stay tuned. I might go in the other room and do do some farting. Oh, God. (laughs) We really jumped right into it. I mean, I don't know if this will be, but I feel like we are sort of treating this as the season finale. It's true. Well, we've come so far. We have. We've. I feel like we've covered some really important films. I'm. I'm. Can I just say, um, performance review. Loving making a podcast with you. Oh, having nice time. Are we? Yeah, I love it. It's fun. It's so fun. I think we're really good at it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going straight to the top, baby. I think we're going to be number one (laughs) Apple Podcasts. Oh my goodness. Yeah, probably. I mean, probably. Anyway, if this is the season finale, I love that it's beginning with us stop starting because <laughs> we're not prepared. You, you couldn't handle the gore in the movie, and I'm on my period. <laughs> Mad Max, everybody. Mad Max. Oh, welcome to the Thunderdome. Not this one, but not this one. That's the other thing. I do feel like this movie is an origin story. Yeah, it's so well, it funny. Beca- it becomes an origin story. Well, as as all stories do, if they continue. Ugh, I didn't like that. Well, why I don't not? Think that's that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> if they continue. Yeah, if a story continues, then however it began is its origin story. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't want to unpack that any further. The point is, in my mind, everything that happens in this movie happens before the beginning of the franchise like happens off screen as in 
wait I phrased yeah, this what? badly but it's like when like watching it I was like oh yeah I remember all this now mm. but if you had asked me where Mad Max starts mm. like the story of Mad Max I probably would have described to you Mad Max 2 yeah right Do I don't think I mean? I've seen Mad Max 2 I've only seen 1 and 3 I think Mad Max 1 is and and I say this with the respect of like it is obviously a really incredible film um it's the worst of them, I think. Mm. But I also haven't seen the others that recently. I just remember when I did my dad's a big Mad Max fan. Mm. Guest Shout of the, out guest of the pod. <laughs> um and he and I watched them all probably when I was too young. And I do just remember two and three being like kind of more fun. I think that's what I mean. Like it was really interesting sitting down to watch this and then ten minutes in being like, wow, I can't believe we end up at Fury Road. Yeah. Because re- it is a really different movie. It is like you've got the baddies and the goodies and there's a bit more like war yeah. and, and it has more of the structure of that kind yes. of blockbuster action film. Whereas this is like kind of a gritty. Yeah, it's an it's a, I mean, would you call this? Not Grindhouse. Wait, what is Grindhouse? I you might call it Grindhouse. Can I look up, yeah, look up the Grindhouse. definition of Grindhouse? I actually don't know. What... I think it is more, it is like dystopian. Grindhouse is an American term for a theatre that shows mainly low-budget horror, splatter and exploitation films. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. I mean, is it exploitation, do you think? It tries to, an exploitation film tries to succeed. Now we're learning. This yeah, is the this educational is portion. To tries to succeed financially by exploiting current trends, niche genres, or lurid content. That's interesting. Hmm. By, that, by that tone, every Marvel movie is an exploitation film. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I was only half listening and I feel like you landed somewhere really. <laughs> you were checking our next bit of trivia out and then when you looked up from your phone, you I was saying... call about I'm... Marvel. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess if he literally made it, made the movie because he wanted to, to like show like crazy injuries that happen in car mm-hmm. accidents, that's yeah. exploitation for I sure. I guess so. I think in... I do want to get into the synopsis of this film, but I do think tying in with... Oh, I've got chocolate under my fingernail. (laughs) What should I do with that? I don't care. Like, I don't want to wipe it on a blanket, but also I don't want to leave it under my... I'll wipe it on my own hand. Oh, my God. I feel like that, for some reason, is... Should I eat it? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not helping you. I don't know. Okay, so I have... For those following along at home, I have scraped the chocolate out from <laughs> under my nail. <laughs> now it's on top of another nail. Gore. I don't know what to do with it. Keep it there. I can't. Put it on the table. <laughs> no, that feels gross. Well, anything is gross. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point. I'm going to... Goodbye. Oh, wow, no. we've had so many... <laughs> Mad Max, the episode where we get up a lot. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, it's not coming off. Okay, what was I going to say? I was going to say, just thinking about this film, but also thinking about all the movies we've watched to date, I couldn't help but become a bit um, self-conscious, Not that's not the right word, but like of the picture that all the films we're watching are making of people who aren't from Australia. Like 
if who you are from who Australia. aren't from Australia. Who so are for not from for, for international people who've never been to Australia oh, and they only know Australia through the culture that we put out, mm. and if they only in Australian got uh, content they'd ever seen were the six films that we had <laughs> done, like no wonder we are this kind of perceived as this funny, empty, yeah, full of characters and caricatures, white like. Yes. Watching Mad Max, I was like, yeah, no no wonder people think Australians are, are all crazy. Dealers. Like, Castle, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Mel- like, Mad two Max. Hands. Two hands. Like, we're all, we're Even rough. Even Babe, to some, well, no, they're all American in that. Yeah, and, and Babe isn't set in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Isabel, it's set in nowhere land. Nowhere. But, I mean, yeah, I guess Australia can't make just a nice film about itself, huh? Well, we might find one, but it was just, I was just fun. It was just funny being like, okay, the themes that are emerging yeah. now that we've watched enough to sort of start to see that or is least, like, we're a lawless country. Yeah. Yeah. I, at least the ones that are successful. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> had a real knee-jerk reaction to you grunting (laughs) i was uh affirming what you were saying (laughs) okay oh oh, i've breathed in too hard into my chest it hurts hold on i do want to say something welcome to your 30s people (laughs) i think that is a really important point because I, i do it is so interesting to look at the picture of a culture that film paints and mm. be like, is that accurate or not? Because mm. there is a part of me that's like, right, well, if that's the stuff that we keep, if that's the story we keep telling, maybe that's the story. Like maybe we are kind of a bit like lawless, a bit like undignified, mm. a bit sort of, or at least that's the national identity we want to have. Yeah, or like that shows our values. Like we're sort yeah. of anti establishment yeah and working class and we like to be the underdog or we like to yeah position ourselves aligned with the underdog there's always some kind of like i mean mad max he's a cop in this which is wild but the cops are just as bad yeah or they're kind of in the same is this is why i also think it's a in my mind it's such an origin story because and i can't remember if this is right but he's not a cop after this point is he no, I mean, it kind of implies in the movie that he goes back to being a cop, but we don't actually see that. He just puts his cop clothes back yeah. on and uses his siren. Yeah. But I don't actually think he's, like, returned to the force. Because I think that in the next, in the future movies, he's an outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took again. every bone in my body. Okay, this movie opens with a really big car chase. Yes. Um, We're kind of... It's kind of uh, introducing us to the concept of, I don't know, there's a lot of like cool cars rolling around. Yeah. We're in a deserted place. We're in a dystopia. It's lawless. But it's showing like the the picture of wherever we've landed is painted is like it's kind of barren. There's just the whole thing sort of takes place like on roads Mm -hmm. to nowhere. Yes, the cops isolated. and the yeah the cops and the the cops and I, in my notes I've written the baddies <laughs> <laughs> the gangs the gangs the punks um are like sort of just as bad as each other and they're always kind of like one eye for an eye like 
you win by someone being like brutally murdered on in a yes. roadside accident yes. and then a cop will die and then a punk will die and then a cop will die yes. and then a punk will die and there's no real like other system of justice around that and it does just seem like the punks just sort of wait around by the side of the road mm-hmm. for someone unassuming to come around so that they can bully and then eventually kill them. It is interesting how deep the world building of Mad Max goes beyond this film. Because in this film, you're right, like, I don't really understand what the dystopia is. Mm. I mean, I think, so James McCausland um, said, okay, this is, this is a quote. George and I wrote the Mad Max script based on the thesis that people would do almost anything to keep vehicles moving and the assumption that nations would not consider the huge costs of providing infrastructure for alternative energy until it was too late. Huh. Which I do think that's clear in the later films, but definitely not in this first one. No. Wow. That is the subtext is interesting. Because I guess everything does centre around roads and cars. Right. Which you do get when you're watching it, but I guess I was reading it as so much more interpersonal. Uh, yeah, and I didn't read that it was like, and it had gone to the limits of like the cars are the most important thing, right? Which, but again, it's like le- the the next film. Yeah, it is clearly about like they they're always talking about gasoline and like, and then the third. Yeah. Yes. So I wonder if they had that in. I mean, they, there's no way they could have known making this film that it was going to turn into the massive franchise that it did. Mm. But I do wonder how much they kind of had that lore in their mind already well he said it and you quoted he, they based it on the thesis yeah, so but i think that this, it seems like this he interview, could look this back this interview was done in like 2005 or something so like i do wonder <laughs> i mean i certainly feel like i do work and then i do an interview for a year, like, year that's later what it was I'm about like, yeah i was really trying to channel <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so yeah, we, we right off the bat, we've got some huge car chases, um, Knight Rider, the Knight Rider. Yes, that you now know to be. I didn't know at the time. I was just like, this guy crazy. Um, <laughs> and then later on in the movie, you were like, which one's Knight Rider? <laughs> like the guy at the start that was saying, I am the Knight Rider over and over. <laughs> well, yeah, but he was yelling it like he was yelling a bunch of things, you know? Anyway. Who knows what he was saying? How much of it was true? He just seemed high. Anyone on. can go He seemed around. high on life, okay? <laughs> he was in his last stages. Um, so anyway, he dies in a explosive car accident I and I do think that speech is pretty iconic yeah I think that even I mean we know that it's iconic because it just is yeah, but also it. I do think that if you were watching that movie the, for the first time you would watch that speech and be like whoa what am I watching mm. like what is this also this movie is like a stunt stunt and pyrotechnic nerds wet dream yes <laughs> <laughs> like so much so much so many things explode um okay and then right after that so that kind of sets the scene we're like okay explosions and then we get another scene set for us and it is mad max's home life beautiful home life his beautiful saxophone playing wife again like completely isolated like home away Mm. from nowhere but by the ocean yeah we she's just playing she's wailing on the sax i loved that it made it I did too. Normalize the sexy wife playing saxophone in movies. Not, it's never, 
it never happens again. We don't ever talk about it. She's just <laughs> I do love it. It's so funny. You never see a woman playing the sax. Not enough. Do you? Not often enough. I mean, I have personally played the sax. No, well, yeah. But <laughs> But I've seen women playing saxophone. Me too, but not just like leisurely in their yeah. coast house in no pants. In their what house? Their coast house. Their coast house. Yeah. In their what now? In their, excuse me? <laughs> um, You know, he's just a regular guy. He's not like all those other cops. He yeah. has a loving family. He's also 21 when they made this movie. Really? He's such a baby. Well, he was, I mean, they, they talked about hiring an American actor. Mm with a name and then they're like couldn't afford it they couldn't afford it <laughs> yeah truly and so then they went to NIDA and they were like who's good mm. and NIDA was like this guy and they were like all right he'll do and turns out he was American after all that water bottle you've just put down is gonna fall over no it's not <laughs> um and also I have a hot take though okay I don't think Mel Gibson's performance is very good in this movie. You've gone on the record and we already know how you feel about Mel Gibson. Well, we know how we feel about we know how I feel about him on a personal level, mm. which is not I don't good. think he was that good. I don't think he makes this film. No. And I think that I would think that whether or not I knew if he was anti-Semitic well we would never know we could abusive, never know <laughs> racist we just would never know what you would think mm. because we live in a world where you do know yes. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to so break hard to your know. head into like that <laughs> and by the way I'm not saying he is any of those things I'm oh, just I'm saying sorry. that you my know, mistake if he were or weren't I don't think it would change to do with <laughs> How does defamation law work? We're being completely... Everything's subjective. Everything's subjective. How does defamation... <laughs> we'll run this by the law, the, the law, law, the law team. The law teams of at the yeah. movies with Charlotte and Bron. Yeah. Um, I think this episode's going really well. I think so, so too. <laughs> um, okay. We've seen into his interior life. It's beautiful. Yeah. If I was 21, had a beach house, a kid, had the hair that she has. Oh. They are living in a dystopian it's world, to be clear. Yeah, like how? <laughs> <laughs> like it looks way better than 2023. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time. Yeah, I do love that like the 1979 vision of a dystopia still has like this beautiful like hetero couple with their little baby living on the beach and playing the saxophone yeah and hopping into their panel van and just like going yeah. for a drive going for a nice, buying a puppy <sighs> so nice getting an ice cream no worries of the modern world like uh robots taking your jobs and yeah. not being able to own a house and Truly. like not they're not really being beaches anymore because yeah. they like just burnt up all the water <laughs> in the oceans yeah wow guys Try and think a bit more dystopian, yeah. could you? Yeah, like do better. <laughs> <laughs> Be more imaginative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wow. In the 70s, they didn't have that much to worry about, did they? No, they were like, They were worried if... that the punks would get a bit too punky. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy? I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> no, it's not that crazy. But um, all the the extras that were like the biker gang people oh, in this movie. They're not extras, they keep... Well, no, no, there are actors that play like the main, as you say, baddies. Mm. But all the other ones that are just people mm. riding around on motorcycles. Kundalini. 
kundalini etc <laughs> <laughs> they were all just um bike gang people bikies yeah <laughs> we call them bikies <laughs> bike gang people <laughs> Yeah, they just like went out and they found bike gang people and they were like, hey, you want to hey. come be in the movie? And they were like, yes, please. And a lot of them um, lived in Sydney, but they couldn't, the production couldn't afford to fly them down. So they just all had to ride their motorcycles down. That sounds, if I was a bike gang person and someone was like, hey, do you and your friends want to go on a trip and be in a film? I'd ride my bike down. I, I mean, get that it. is pretty much all they do, right? They love to ride their bikes ride up their and down. Bikes up and down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. It so, does, but it also does go to show how much people want to be in the movies. Back then, they were like, we "Not don't... now. What are you going to do with my likeness? Where are you going to put that?" That's true. What's this movie selling? Yeah, where are you, what are you where, What dirty money is this laundering to the top? Yeah, Mo- the movie right. industry is very is this, dark. It's a dark. It's a dark place. Is this movie only raising money to make another movie? <laughs> did, like did, what they did, did with the castle. <laughs> That's the throwback. You have to really check the sources. <laughs> We, 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 okay. The next scene is that we meet all the next round of punks. So the Night Rider's dead and the new wave of punks. I thought that the Night Rider just worked for Toe Cutter. (laughs) (laughs) I, in my head, he was like the top guy. I thought Toe Cutter was the top guy and Night Rider was just like one of the, one of the other top guys. You could, you could absolutely be right because it wasn't until the end of the film that I didn't know who Night Rider was. was. Well, I I guess I don't really know either. Toe I just thought Toe Cutter was cross because his boss got killed. But it does make sense. Toe Cutter does seem like He seems. Can I say, that was my favourite character. Toe Cutter. Yeah, Toe Cutter. Yeah, he's camp as hell. Yeah, he's camp as hell. I like his hair. I I feel like so many actors have tried to do that villain performance. Yes, it's true. Like Eddie Redmayne in... um, um cloud not cloud atlas what what was the next being a jupiter ascending oh sure <laughs> eddie redmond's like i am a villain yes there was i don't i'm not gonna be able to name them because i don't know the name of anything ever but i <laughs> it's like on. there was like a bond and like a and in june like there was some yes. camp but evil yeah like they talk like this and they're so and they're so kooky that you can't reason with them yeah yeah. Like they have a sense of humor, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that makes them scarier. Yeah, like it's almost, yeah, their campiness mm. is what it's is scary. Villainous. People are like, I don't know what to do with that. And I loved all of the bike gang people's outfits as well. Speaking yeah. Of camp. Tight leather mm-hmm. and cropped the shirts. Yeah. The, all the costumes in this movie were pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I think there's a strong, that's also what Mad Max is known for, is like strong aesthetic. Yeah strong 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 aesthetic aesthetic. how do you feel about the way the word aesthetic has evolved in modern lexicon really you want to have that chat i don't know you really want to have that chat (laughs) we have so many fun things to talk about you want to talk about how the word aesthetic (laughs) has developed in the modern lexicon (laughs) you think about that question before you ask me you're right let's keep talking about that um we see them sort of like there's like a unassuming, not unassuming. There's a couple. They get like chased down. It kind of kicks off what becomes like a vengeance trail. Yeah. They like. By the way, in oh. that bit, how um scary was that scary crow transition? Oh yeah. There's a lot of birds in this movie being scared. <laughs> hey, do your little crow sound again. 
That's my scary crow. That's high quality podcast material. Thank you so much. <laughs> it means a lot to me. Um, yeah, when something scary is going to happen, it, there's usually like a close up or a yeah. quick cut. Or a bird. Or a bird. Well, sometimes it was a bird or sometimes it was the hand or sometimes it's like eyeballs. Like mm, they really, right. yeah. they really like fast so cut like some second things. Of close up. <gasps> yeah, I didn't like it. Hated it. Um, so... Yeah, they smash up a really cool car that has like flames on it and a like shirling interior, which I love. Yeah, you that love car. the interior of that car. Um, they kind of smash it up and then we meet Johnny, who's like one of the punks and he's the zaniest of the lot. Do you think he was the zaniest? He's like. I was gonna, he's like not the bad boy of the punks, but he's like, like all the punks stick together and he like doesn't. He seemed to me to be he's the rogue. Sort of like annoying tag along of the bunch. He's not annoying tag along because they, they sacrifice everything to go back and get him. He's cool. Yeah, because he's like the little brother of the gang. Yeah, I'd I say he's it. more yeah, little see, brother than like tag yeah, along. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Rogue. Apparently, I was reading that, um, uh, he used to stay in character between scenes. Oh, that seems annoying. It was. Everybody hated it. And <laughs> at one point, they left him handcuffed to the car and all went to get lunch. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. He would have loved that if he was in character. Yeah. His character would love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, but that's a Do you ever about. stay in character between scenes, Charlotte? Absolutely not. Never? Not Never. one time. I mean, well, hmm. all right. Well, that's a lie. If I'm doing an emotional scene and I got to cry in the scene, I'm not like high fiving between takes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but normally you I are. <laughs> I She's say a big high fiver. Stay in character, but I definitely like if there's try to, I'll hold, try to hold the, the emotion in that scene. Sense. But like, even then, I mean, I'm on a sitcom. So yeah. <laughs> ask me again when I've done some hard-hitting biopic. Mm. Have you ever worked with anyone who's really stayed in character <laughs> through us? <Yes. laughs> Is yes. it an, I imagine it would be a bit annoying. It's really annoying. Do you have to call them their character's name? Like, what I, is, never, what's the actor's think... code around that? Like, if someone, do they have to tell you they're going to do it or do they just do it and you can tell? No, I mean, I've never worked with anyone that's been, like, that insufferable as to be like call me my character name and right. like I'm or whatever. In between. I think that, that the versions of it that I worked with are actors that just take their craft really seriously. Not that I don't. <laughs> as you were saying that you're like well. <laughs> <laughs> but like actors that take their craft really seriously and I wonder if it's not so much like people that make a decision to stay in character and more like there are some actors that are able to like come in and out of character and some that aren't mm. and I don't mean I don't necessarily mean that I don't think that one of those is better than the other I just think it's two different approaches mm. and so I feel like there are some actors that you know that like between scenes and sometimes even between takes you're just you're hanging out and Mm-mm-mm. it's the two of you sometimes you work with an actor that it's like I'll see you at the end of the day mm. But it does finish at the end of the day and the side day. It's not like you then on your way out, they, they say goodbye at, in character. No, when no. they turn up, and they're I, like greeting you And again, you like I've never really worked with anyone though that's been that, that mm-hmm. level, but I know that they exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting as like peer actors, you don't like at the start talk about your methods. Oh, and I, but you know that I'm very anti like method 
Mm. Well, method acting, in my opinion, is not really a thing. Like, method acting. Like, what method? There are lots of methods that you can... Like, I feel like when people talk about method acting, they're talking about, yeah, people that don't come out of character. Mm. Which... I, I honestly don't even know what method that is. Like, I feel mm. like I, I mean... To me, to the layman, Yes. what I understand method acting to mean, and yeah, as soon as I'm going to explain, it's really going to pull it apart, but isn't it when you like, like say I'm going to play a bus driver. Uh-huh. I go and I get a job as a bus driver sure. and I learn how to be a bus driver. And so when I turn up, method acting is like completely learning how to do the thing rather than acting, I'm a bus driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is you that what are. method acting is? So again, I don't think... My hot take is I don't think that method acting is a thing. I think that there are lots of methods. What do you for call acting. if I go become a bus driver? Then research, so, right? Like, <laughs> but I'm not acting. I'm a. I literally am a bus driver. <laughs> Insufferable. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that that's just like staying in character. Sure. Okay. Like my method is I stay in character. Not, I'm saying that as, yep, yep, that's yep, what yep. I that's think. Not, that that's not, that's definitely not your my method. method is that my method is, I'm just here for a good time. <laughs> Wiggling my eyebrows and yeah. hoping they like it. That's right. People tend to like it, so I keep on doing it. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll get to more of Charlotte's thesis on acting in the next <laughs> season of At the Movies of Charlotte Brown. Get a little tidbit every Chapter season. Chapter bar in the gangster bar that is kind of like the star wars canteen oh yeah yeah we go to the cabaret yeah and then and we loved that we singer. did love that she was she was great i did look her up quickly at the end of the movie and couldn't find anything else about her other than that she was awesome um yeah there's a whole bit here where it's like it kind of centers around jim goose who mm. is um mad max's partner, partner. And Johnny, the rogue punk. Yes. And they're kind of like at each other because he gets, he gets, I want to say, like arrested. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he just gets arrested. I don't think it's, I think he does just get arrested. I mean, arrested in this film is like they're sitting in a dirty room and he's got like chains all over him. And like they just. Yeah, it's the Wild West. And then the baddie, the bad, the punks get Goose. They get him. They, get they him. cook him. Yeah. And you did not like that. I didn't like it. Did he not. gets burnt in a fiery car and it really takes a toll on our Max. Yeah. He goes to, to a sad place. He wakes up screaming in cold sweats in the night. Oh, I missed that. Oh. Yeah. No, he does. <laughs> That's good. He sits by the ocean. Like, to his Whoa, credit, he those. can, um, he explains to his partner like why he's having a hard time mm, good uses his words um and he quits he doesn't want to be part of the force anymore he's like that's it i'm out of here yeah i gotta spend time with my beautiful saxophone playing wife and kid and his hilarious like topless leather pants wearing police daddy who's like <laughs> watering his plants like the way he quits is to go to his flat <laughs> And be like, mm, see you later. And him being like, you'll never quit. And him being like, just watch me quit. And him being like, no, Max. But he's like topless in this like, oh, wow. It's, he's it's sexy. amazing. Bald head. I'd smack that bald head. 
<laughs> Calm down. Oh, God. God. Really got me. Uh, got you going. <laughs> Police daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, he also says that I, I think it's iconic. Might not be. In my mind, I, like, I feel like I've heard this before where he's like, yeah, this is iconic. He's like, you know, people don't believe in heroes anymore, Max, but we've got to, we've got to prove him wrong. You have to be the hero. And then Max is like, oh. lol, no. And yeah, then, that is the iconic yeah. speech that is given. <laughs> and then, and lol. then police daddy is like, is like, yeah, lol. <laughs> I do have in my notes at this point after Goose dies, you do say, Oh, Max is gonna be mad. <laughs> I've said that. I, I feel like I it's said it a, a couple few times. times. Oh, Max is gonna be mad. <laughs> I think that's why this movie feels like an origin story because he's not bad for a lot of it. He's not at the start. He's got a beautiful picture of yeah. life. He's just doing his job. He's his job's a bit stable. crazy, but like yeah. it's fine. And then an, and then a traumatic thing happens, yeah. and he. Oh, a traumatic thing happens. He quits his job. He decides he just wants the good life. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then. Well, this next bit is fun. Like yeah, they the just montage. pack up in the car. They like buy a dog. Him and his hot wife and their tiny baby Sprog. Sprog. Sprog, Sprog. the baby. Uh, which I think is short for Sproggit. Why? Because <laughs> that's the only word I can think of. Well, you're Sprog- wrong. Sproggled. Because it's Sprog- his name is Sprog. I looked it up. And it means... Oh, my God. You put that wiggling Hermione <laughs> hand away. <laughs> I looked it up. And sprog means kid. Yeah. Like child. But I think sprog is um, slang for... It's like mechanics slang. Oh. Is what I... Is where I know that word from. That's cool. But I want to check that. Yeah, check it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe sprog is nothing to do with a small sprog tooth. Yeah, I in my head thought it was like... I um, love the idea that it could be. Something to do with cars, but could be wrong. Could be lying. Um, Yeah, they're driving around. I love this... What, did they, what do they say? They're just going to go trucking around for a while. And I was like, that's bloody nice. Yeah. That's nice. But that's the point in the movie, in any movie, where you know it's not going to end well. You don't put a nice yeah. montage of a young family having a beautiful time two-thirds of the way into the film. That's if true. If you're not about to tear that family apart. Dun, dun, dun. And now, it's true. a word from our potential <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> hey, have you been enjoying this season of, um, what's the podcast called? At the Movies with Charlotte and Bron? then you might enjoy Remedy Kombucha. And this is why. Why? You know who's been enjoying this season of At the Movies with Charlotte and Bron? Tell me. My husband, Baden. Oh, really? And you know what else he enjoys? I can't think of anything. Remedy Kombucha. Oh, of course. The smooth taste. <laughs> the, smooth. The, the apple-y, um, gingery flavour. They have many flavours, but... The apple ginger one's the one that I want some cases of. Isn't it ginger lemon? Yes. Why it's am I ginger apple? lemon. Even I know that. Is there no apple flavor? There's no, what? No. Apple kombucha? Some people love it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, kombucha. It seems good for you. It seems, it is good for you. It's good for the gut biome. Like, but like how much is good for you? Listen, 
Remedy Kombucha, if you were to really sponsor us, you could send us through talking points and this ad would be going That'd a lot be better good. than We'd it be is able right to now. give people the facts. I could I could definitely like read off of a card mm. and make it sound like uh, as natural as this. She's an sounds. actress. I'm an actress. I'm tr- literally trained to lie. Not lie, but <laughs> <laughs> That's chapter 2 of the thesis. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I'm not a huge kombucha fan. But it seems that everyone else I know is, especially my husband. I cannot afford to keep fueling his kombucha habit. Please, Remedy, send us some boxes of kombucha. Remedy kombucha. My kombucha. <laughs> Stunning work. Thank you. Okay, the montage ends. The family's like having a beautiful time. They go to a mechanic's. Something's up with oh, the car. Yeah. She goes to get an ice she cream. She goes to get an ice cream and she has a run-in with Toe Cutter, mm. our bad guy. He eats some of her ice cream. In such a weird way. In a way that In is such a creepy way. Insane. Yeah. yeah. He's really yeah. Ugh, yuck. Yeah. But I did like it. That might have been my favorite part of the movie. Because mm. it's kind of, you're a bit like, is it threatening? What's going on? Yeah. There's tension. And then he just sticks his tongue out and really goes, goes to town for it. And, and it's funny and scary. Yeah, it is. Mm. And she sort of smiles at him and then knees him in the groin. We loved that We bit. did love that. We, I don't think we were expecting that. No, and also because I was a lot of the time watching this movie, I was just being like, it'd really suck to be a woman in this world. Yes. Like, I don't want to be a woman in this movie at all. And that was the tiny moment where I was like, get it. And I actually do think that from that point on, I was like, I actually think that the, that the female represent, representation was pretty cool. It passes oh, the Bechdel test. May. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Like, I think, uh, yeah, they're talking in the car. Her and May are talking in the car, not about, actually, maybe they're talking, they're talking about, about a man. Yeah. Still, better than most. Better than Crocodile Dundee. They only talk about, what's his name? She's like, don't let Bird annoy you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but May's um, a pretty cool character. May's a great character. You're right. Old ladies rock in the yeah. Mad Max universe, but you've got to make it to an old lady to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you probably true. won't cause because you're probably going to get murdered yeah, by motorcycle Oof. gang people. Um, but also, um, I feel like Mad Max's wife, whose name is... Uh, they do say, and I don't remember. Remember May's name? What was her name? Joanne? Jane, Joni. Joanne is a good guess. Her name is Jessie. Jessie, yeah, we did know that. Yeah. Um, I also, I feel like we were judgmental about her character early on in terms of like in that in that montage where Mad Max sort of does that whole monologue to her about how he loves her and she doesn't say anything. Yeah. But she does lots of facial expressions mm. to respond to things he's saying that mm. like prompt him to say more. And I'm like, why not give her a line? Yeah. Yeah, we weren't judgmental to her. We were judgmental to the film where it yeah. was like, now lay there. Now lay there. Yeah. Now lay there. Now kiss him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like she Why not really... make this a conversation? Yeah. But mm. then, to be fair, I do think that by the end of the film, she's like... She's a strong, she's independent got some woman. She's autonomy. Yeah, she's cool. She doesn't run to Max when she needs help. She, like, runs herself. Yes. She just runs. And she and she's she's sort of in control. Like, when she start, when she first is running for the, from the biker gang, she um, is just like, get in the car. Also... That scene, when she's first in running from the biker gang, she walks out of the shop with her baby and some ice creams. Some creeps follow her. 
she puts her baby in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> she knees a guy in the groin and then drives, and the baby is just rolling around. <laughs> the seventies hey, were a wild fine. time. George Miller's a doctor; he knows what he's doing. I actually think at the time that probably was fine. My mum talks all the time about no seatbelts, but I was just shocked to really just roll your baby around in the back seat. They're fine in the boot. In the boot. He's got an ice cream. He's fine back there. Yeah, it's like it's like later in the film when she's she runs. Yeah, they, she gets chased through the woods. That's the next bit, really. She gets chased. That's kind of where we're up to. They're fixing the, the car. They're staying with May, who we don't we don't who care. Is who that? is that? We don't know. Um, she's down by the beach, and then she gets freaked out. She gets freaked out. She gets chased again by the bikers in the mm. woods. Mm. She comes back. Mad Max is like, "I'm gonna go get those bikers," and we're like, "Say, yeah, where are you going? Why, why run off? Like, he's just, never there when she needs him. Yeah, like." He says he loves her, but his behavior is questionable. He's, I reckon he's um, avoidant. Yeah, I think as a so personality. too. I think so too. <laughs> Put Mad Max in therapy. Yeah. Figure out his attachment style. It's avoidant, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and so then she goes inside and she's like real shaken and May's like, you just sit down here and it will open your okay. But then that is what she is I know, like. I know, I know. And then Jenny... <laughs> Wait, Jesse. Jesse is like, oh my baby, where is he? And she, she's been and at she's the just... beach. She's been chased by people. She's not thought. She's not given a thought to her baby till now. Yeah, she's just left him rolling around under a tree for somewhere. ages. And I, I mean, I don't want to be judgmental of her. Like Max probably should have been watching anyone, too. anyone, yeah. May, anyone, anyone. But again, Jenny did Jesse did a different time, different here, time, right? different parenting it's styles, just a different time, wasn't it? We're too coddled these days, oh, these keeping days, our eyes on our children. We're constantly making sure we know where our infant babies are. So weird. We never leave them under trees anymore, so how do we expect them to grow? Yeah, how are they meant to have formative experiences like being picked up by a bunch of bike <laughs> gang people? Which is what happens next. <laughs> yeah, which is what happens next. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, where my baby? And <laughs> so he's, he's got they're all these like beautifully... I don't I I like to imagine while she's in the house being like where am I where's my kid the bike gang people are in the backyard being like no no you go over there no that looks good yeah no you over there now get up there up on the ledge yeah that looks amazing <laughs> like because when she does come out they've really tableaued it themselves does feel like the opening number of a stage musical <laughs> set in Chicago or New York City. yeah they're about yeah. to like and all that jazz yeah <laughs> And yeah, I do like it. Tokat is like levels, people levels. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, damn it! Um, yeah, they play. They're all like, "Give me my baby," and they're like, "No, honey." And then May comes out with a shotgun and like puts them all in a cabinet. And she's a real badass. She's a badass. Yeah, she does put them in a cabinet. She says, "I'm gonna choose you." <laughs> Which I think is one of my favorite lines. Yes. My fa- actually, my favorite lines happen here, where she comes out with a gun, and Tokat is like, "I hate guns." <laughs> yeah, that was good. I liked that, was that too. That was a great. That was a gym. And then yeah, she was like, "Get my butt." I'm gonna cheese you. My two favorite lines were I can't even remember the context of this one at the beginning. Someone being like, "You're a real human being." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. The, that's the that's smack a bald head. 
snack a bull. No, that's that's police daddy. Yeah, police daddy. He's like, yeah, a real, real human being. being. I love that. I'm going to yeah. use that in my everyday. It's good. And my other favorite line was when Mad Max is talking to his saxophone wife. Um, about how much he loves her and mm. all the different beautiful memories he has of her. And he says, those special shoes, brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's him reminiscing about his father. <laughs> oh, I thought he was talking about her shoes. No, no, no. He's thinking about his dad. Oh, God, I'm so bad at paying attention. You just want everything to be a rom-com. I really do. Oh, my God. You know what we didn't talk about mm. last episode? What? The castle. Yeah. It's a rom-com. It's not a rom-com. If it's not a romance. It's not a romance. It, how is it not a romance? It's a legal, it's an allegory. Even, that's your words. All right, fine. Mad Max is a rom-com. <gasps> <laughs> There's no com. There's no rom. Well, we were just talking about how much we laughed at Toe kind of being like, I hate guns. Okay, but that doesn't make <laughs> We're laughing. That's There's the- so much rom. The whole thing is a rom. The whole thing's not a rom. The whole thing's a stunt. The whole thing's an explosion. It's one big, it's one big. The whole story is about Mad Max loving his wife. The whole story is about how society will go to hell. um, Unless we find some form of renewable energy. That's right. Hmm. That's what I took away from it. Is it? Or do you just remember me saying that? George Miller cares about... uh, the environment petrol he cares about well if you've seen happy feet that is a story for the environment it is babe i'm sure if we dug a bit deeper i mean i mean it it makes animal it's a vegetarian tale yeah he's got strong political vision he has a vision for a better world and even though some of his films are hard to watch i want (sighs) to live in the world that that george miller is striving towards things we deserve storytelling yeah well i would say he's um i don't i don't want to live in the world that george miller paints but i no. he's he's showing us what could happen if things go bad yes. yeah totally you know i've met him why didn't you talk about that at the start <laughs> when did you meet george miller well because i was like pretty close to getting cast as one of the girlies in Mad Max Fury Road. I remember that. Yeah, that's how I met. Well, not met, but like how I sort of started dating my husband was through the auditions for that movie. Because we met, but he lived in Sydney and I lived in Melbourne. Oh, careful. And and then I was getting all these sort of like callbacks for – um, mad for Fury Road oh. that were in Sydney and they kept flying me up and every time I would come up I would message Baden and be like you want to get coffee? <laughs> I thought you guys met because he did a so far sound That's and then he kept met. and then he kept coming to Melbourne to see you because he was he, he just was lying to his job that he had to keep coming yeah. down <laughs> he did that after well. the first few times that I went I up see, to Mad Max um, but yeah I credit George Miller with my with my marriage. long and happy life yeah but he was awesome for a start wow. um and i feel like at the time i was pretty like baby actor like i hadn't i worked mm. but it was at the time that i had only just decided that i wanted to be an actor rather than a musician and so i didn't have i didn't look i didn't have the strong opinions that i have now about <laughs> methods and whatnot <laughs> You were malleable. I was malleable and I but I but I think so I met him and it was just like a look, 
it was an awesome meeting. It was like, Mm. I went up to the production office. He showed me all of the like storyboards and sketches for the vehicles that they had, which was, I mean, in retrospect, so cool, like pictures of locations that they were using. And the script was super confidential. So um, casting had sent a monologue. I think it was from, what movie is that monologue that's like, I'm mad as hell, I'm not going to take it anymore. I don't know. What movie is that? Not mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's right. I don't know what that is. I'm looking it up. Mad as hell. Fiddler speech. on the roof. Um, speech from Network. That's what I thought. What is Network? So, <laughs> casting. Hold on. I'm trying, I want to cut Keep that out. <laughs> what is Network? <laughs> it's a pretty iconic film that it's I have not seen. <laughs> um. Casting had sent out a monologue, the monologue, the Mad as Hell monologue from the film Network to audition with. So that is what I had auditioned with. And um, I went in for this meeting with George Miller and he like gave me the tour of the production office and then we sat down and he was like, you know, a big part of like my casting process is just like, I just like to like get to know people and what, you know, how they approach their craft and stuff. Like that's what I'm interested in. So like what made you choose this monologue? And I was like, what? I didn't choose it. Someone (laughs) sent it to me to do. But I really felt like I needed a reason. Oh, no. And then you really had to act. I think I did like some bullshit answer about why I thought it was. Why didn't you just say (laughs) it was a test? He sent it to you and it was a test. Well, I didn't get the job. Well, you failed the the test. test. (laughs) But then I think he also asked me like what what I liked about acting. Mm. And it's so funny thinking about that question now because I have so many answers for that question. Mm -hmm. But at the time... I didn't, I was, I mean, I knew that I loved doing it, but it had never occurred to me that some people might not like it. And so it, I didn't mm. even know how to explain why I liked it. I was like, cause it's so, cause it's great, obviously. Cause it's so Duh. fun. If you've done it, you would know. Yeah. You wouldn't have to ask me that question. <laughs> I was like, what kind of a question that? That's like someone being like, why do you like eating? Like, um, <laughs> all the obvious reasons. <laughs> so Mad Max ends up being Charlotte's origin story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a really, he was really cool and like, like interesting and easy to talk to and fun. Wow. Didn't give me the job, but. But it sounds like, and rightly so, you fubbed the. I had no idea what I was <laughs> Terrible <doing>. job at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't give you the job. He was like, my method of casting is finding out what people's craft is. And I was like, I don't have any. <laughs> you, his, yeah, he had two questions. Yeah. Why'd you pick this monologue and why do you act? And you were like, I didn't and I don't know. <laughs> And he was like, pass. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, get him, get him in here. She's got so much to say now. Oh, yeah. I'm making a whole podcast now. Mad Max 4. Yeah. Ring well, him that up. that was Mad Max 4. What? Fury Road. What's Did the you... third one? Uh, Thunderdome. What's the second one? Mad Max 2. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're making a fifth one, Furiosa. I'm not in that one either. Okay. okay, then what? Oh, you know what? This is what we've... I've been avoiding this bit of the film. Why? Because the next bit is bad. What's bad about it? What happens? Do what? you remember where we were at? She to? dies? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I don't understand what you're Ooh. saying. Oh, you're avoiding talking about it because it's so sad. Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't like sad. it. I remember. I again haven't watched this for decades. I'm old. Um, <laughs> but like the main thing I remember was kind of her helplessly kind of running around the house mm. with him not there and her being like run down on the road. Yes. Like that is the pit, bit of the movie that. That the is, only bit that I remember. I think that's the best bit of the movie. Yeah. Like, as in, like, obviously like it not is. the most... It's not, like... It's the I most affecting. This, it's so affecting. And, like, the long stretch of road going out behind and all those shots. The fact that you don't see her get run down. You don't see her body after she's been run down. You, It's all just this, if like... We, if we think of that sequence from, like... the from them getting locked in the cabinet them getting in the car you're like mm. it's fine she's going to be fine yeah. and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and then yeah. you realize the car breaks down she gets out and starts running and i think from that point where she gets out and starts running and you can see the like you know. bike people gang in the background yeah. yeah it's like oh this is desperate yeah. this is real desperate yeah. <sighs> you were you were very affected by that part i was of the quite film. affected by that part of the film i mean so was i it's a, it's it's just good it's just plain good filmmaking isn't it and then Mad Max runs in his like white singlet and cream pants oh. and tanned blue yeah. eyes. Yeah. Runs after the guys like no. Yeah. Even that I didn't think was the best performance. I think they had to do a wide shot on him because he. Was, oh, it was from a very big yeah. distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the filmmaking's doing all the work here. I think so. And then, and then he. What happens next is that he like. Then he really then turns. Then he's mad. Then, Ooh, then he's he gets mad. mad. Then he moves from being plain Max to, to mad Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, he really underlines his name in yeah, yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and then he like yeah. What what happens? He kind of puts it dons his um his police letters. outfit again. But I don't, yeah, but I don't think he's turned back to being a police. I think he's no. just being like, I'm against you. Yeah, I'm It's mad. a war and yeah, you're going down. on the other side of the war to me. We're not on the same team. Yeah. What I'm saying with my outfit, we're enemies, yeah. not friends. Yes. That's what he's saying. Yeah, over that's and over. so true, the power of costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he rolls around town trying to kill him, like trying to find him and kill him. And he does a good job. Yeah, well, kind of. He finds him, absolutely. Kill him? Not so much. He gets there, and as soon as he gets there, they shoot him in the leg. Oh, true. Like, yeah. He doesn't do that he's good like, a job. Yeah, it's like, it's like, come on, Mad Max. What did you expect? You needed to have, a, you needed to be focused. A bit more of a plan. In this moment. He gets shot in the leg, and his arm gets run over, like, immediately. Yeah. It was like, you're going in solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe Strategy. not to get incapacitated <laughs> so quickly. Anyway, he manages to blow away Bubba lucky Bubba and then he does walk to the car he hops to the car dragging his leg and apparently James Cameron was super inspired by this film and oh. sort of recreates that um image with the Terminator oh yeah. my god because I what I did note that scene where he's like dragging himself mm-hmm. along the road and I was like wow that's so familiar but you're right it's not from Terminator. Mad Max it's from the Terminator yeah. wow Isn't that crazy? it's a great scene yeah and he has the fastest car in the world which was established earlier in that underground car park which mm-hmm. is the Melbourne yeah. Uni I'm really it's I, it's the same things happening as with Crocodile Dundee where I'm we, really we love this film around, like, this was such a good movie um yeah, he can drive really fast. Yeah. He catches up with Toe Clatter. He is chasing him. Yeah. And then 
uh, through some kind of you know, yeah, wait, mishap. He he's like that? chasing him, and then they come up too fast over a thing, and then there's a big truck, and Tokar doesn't oh, have yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets hit by the truck, and it that is the goriest. When yeah. you said that you don't see any gore, yeah, that's the bit that you see. You see the body get like smashed up against the front of the truck, and then go under yeah, so yeah, many tires. But you know what? Big ones. That was just a real truck driver that they were like, "Hey, can you please run over this motorcycle with your big truck?" And method acting method acting truck driver <laughs> and the truck driver was like yeah i can Bit but scary. i don't want to um damage the front of my truck so they built like a shield for the front of the truck huh so that it the motorcycle wouldn't damage it isn't that wild that's crazy so that is just a truck running over a motorcycle and we a mannequin probably yeah getting squashed yeah um and then and then it doesn't it doesn't finish there he's not like cool because again, it's very eye yeah. far. It's like you kill this person, I kill this person. You yeah. kill this person, I kill this person. He kills Toka, but then he's not finished. Because he's mad. Well, he has to also avenge Goose. Oh, yeah, true. And so he finds Johnny. Mm. And um, Johnny's doing some diddling in the corner. Yeah. I don't he's know. Stealing he's, being a, weird. he's stealing a corpse's boots, is yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, that's true. Which, you know, you need new shoes. I don't I, know. No, I, he, he killed that man. Oh, yeah. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> when he was like, I've ch- he was already dead. I was like, that checks out. No. <laughs> <laughs> you bought Johnny's lies. I really did. Oh my did. God, that's very funny. Um, uh, no, Johnny's doing some dirty. It's hard to know with Johnny. It is hard to know. He's, He's so a wild card. Um, I guess he he's without a ringleader now. He's just doing yeah. whatever. So he's stealing some boots. And then now that you've said it, every time I see Mad Max, I think of the term, like the way, the way he's dressed, the way he like stands over people. Like mm. that last scene, I'm like, wow, real Terminator-y vibes. Yeah, true. Hmm. Or hmm. Terminator is real Mad Max-y vibes. No, that's what I'm, I guess that's yes, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, he like... He, yeah, he kills Johnny. <laughs> he kills Johnny. He, he, he handcuffs his ankle to the car. Yeah. He lights some gasoline on fire. He says, this, this car is going to blow up soon. He gives him a handsaw and is like, it'll take you 10 minutes to saw through the handcuffs and you might get through your ankle in five. And then he, and he walks drives away. away and you see it explode behind him. And that's pretty badass. That's pretty badass. And apparently that scene mm. and that ultimatum... Mm was what inspired filmmaker James, I never know how to say his surname, Wan or Wan, to create basically the entire Saw franchise. What? Yeah, he was like, sick. He's like, yeah, Saw. make a bunch of movies about that. Huh. Like, this was an influential influential film. film. I was thinking about... uh, It made me think a lot about A Clockwork Orange a little bit which is like 71 yeah but it is like that i feel like it's an extension of that like lawless punks yeah surely there's uh, some influence there but then what mad max then goes on to influence is so interesting terminator and saw i wouldn't have picked saw and and you know obviously there are so many other like there's so much so much legacy from those films mm. in general mm. like it's been parodied so many times but also i just think like yeah as you say the aesthetic is iconic the the soundtrack it's like it's a it's a scored yeah. film 
The music was um, done by Brian May. Mm. Not the Brian May of the band Queen, though. Are you sure? I really... Uh, You're like, wait a minute. said music by Brian May, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, God. But, yeah, I... Do you want to do you want to hear some budget stuff? Yeah, I'd love to. So the movie was made for um $350,000. Australia, we love to do things on a shoestring. We love to do things on a shoestring and then it earned more than $100 million probably. Like it, I think at the time it was and it probably still now it would be pretty close to like the most profitable film of all time. Because of all time? At the time it was. Oh, right. I don't know about now. Yeah. But, but profitable as in like how much it spent versus, versus how, much. how much it made. Like $100 million for a yeah. $350,000 film. That's crazy. I guess if you get a couple of NIDA students and some cars and you roll around the back streets yeah. of rural Victoria, you can do anything you want. And again, it is sort of wild to think that this was the, like their first film. Mm. Like... George Miller's first film and it is so well made Mm. like it is so yeah like these iconic shots these things that influence so much new storytelling I'm just thinking about now it's like we've never made a film before but even before we began I'm like the insurance on that would be human yeah. you know like there's so many um boxes you would need to tick and staff you would need to have on board and like yeah well if you were to do it by the book but he's yeah, described yeah, yeah. He's it as guerrilla filmmaking yeah which you know I think everyone romanticizes but mm. as as we're learning more I'm like yeah for good reason yeah because yeah they're lucky that people weren't um killed on that movie right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I saw that baby playing with that gun and I was like, no. no. Yeah, hell no. Scary. Um, but the whole movie's scary and on purpose. And on purpose. On that purpose. was the point. Yeah, that's the point of the movie. Whew. All right. How's this film going to influence you as a filmmaker, mm. Brom Belcher? It's making me think about what you can get away with. It's making me think about... Um, what you can get away with in terms of what you don't need permits for (laughs) (laughs) what you can get away with not needing a permit for (laughs) um it's 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 making me really respect george miller in a more rounded way Mm, yeah like wow you can really swing it is pretty incredible that we unwittingly did two george miller films for this Mm. season it wasn't we I only just realized as we started mm, watching because mm, mm, we were just like, well, what are the big iconic Australian films that we can do? And two of those happened to be George Miller films, mm, but we never. Sorry, Baz. We didn't. Sorry, Baz. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't like, you know, mm. plan. Like we no. didn't think about that. We don't plan anything. We don't think about anything. <laughs> do not, to be clear, we do not plan a thing. <laughs> I would love for us to make a family film, a beloved, cozy, mm. cute family film, and also an absolutely wild like action thriller grindhouse yeah and for people to be like okay that's both made by the same yeah i'm into that i'm into that as a concept it's a, it's aspirational it's aspirational for sure oh mm. i mean yeah and even beyond that this film is so aspirational in being like first time filmmakers teeny tiny budget mm. massive swings that Turn, it turned it into one of the like most important films 
of the century. Mm. And then, yeah, like goes on to influence huge, not just movies, but like franchises of yeah. other movies. Yeah. And, and launched George Miller's career. Great job, George. Pretty amazing. Yeah, so I guess that's my takeaway. Just do what George did. Yeah. I'll just, get that tattoo. How do we just do D-W-G-D. that? D-W-G-D. <laughs> I think that one thing that this season of our podcast mm. has made me, has really inspired in me is t- the sort of motivation to just make something. And, 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 and to prioritise something being good and have and having a point of view and trying something new or being a bit risky and just getting it done over d- like doing it right mm. you know like yep. having having, having a big all the budget money. and having all the right people and having all I mean obviously you want to have the right people but when I say right people sometimes I go straight to like it has to be like the biggest professionals in the business or like people that already know exactly what they're doing and it's like it really doesn't no or it didn't back then. I'd be interested to see mm. how that idea translates to now. Yeah. And if nothing else, like I I want to be championing the idea that filmmaking can and should still be the lands like a landscape for amateurs. <laughs> yeah. I guess I jump to like nowadays that big budget stuff kind of leads to the right kind of distribution, which leads to people seeing it, which leads to mm. it being a successful film Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas back then I don't know if there were different ways maybe not many people were making films and there were just different avenues for people to see it I don't know well I think that that people actually used to go to the cinema yeah but how would you even get us if we went if we were like oh we have fifty thousand dollars between the two of us let's just make a movie how how would we get it onto the cinema I mean yeah I think that that that's kind of what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like back then I think if you made a feature film and it was any good you would get theatrical distribution and Mm. then people would go see it and be like this is good and then more people would see it Mm -hmm. and more people would see it and that's how you would sort of build the momentum now that doesn't really exist it's like it needs it's probably you make a fifty thousand dollar film if you're lucky you put it on it gets on a streaming platform and the word of mouth for that is so hard yeah well because it's just in a sea of content Mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's what i'm that it's that distribution like Mm line that I'm thinking about you could make an amazing low budget independent film but yeah it's like how do you break how do you break through having said that it it happens I mean everything everywhere all at once is that it's what it's a24 and they have like really clear distribution it, yeah but like they made it well yeah true actually can we look at that mm-hmm. hold on I want to actually know at what point it became an a24 film interesting do you know what i mean like was it was it just the like they had the script or yeah did they yeah did did a24 jump on before they made it that's my understanding because in things i've heard they've been like thanks a24 for letting us do whatever we goddamn wanted yeah okay yeah that makes sense so yeah i guess they wrote the film Oh, yeah, A24 announced that it would finance and distribute the film. Yeah, so it's that distribution piece that I think yeah. I think is ma- this... Weirdly, Mad Max is making me think about film distribution. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that's so important, right? Because mm. it's like something like that could have been made and just lost Gone. to the ether. Yeah. I think we're going to, as we watch more movies, we're going to find movies just like that that have been a bit lost mm-hmm. and i'm excited for that me too Ooh, what a 
adventure. What an adventure we've started upon. <laughs> and I'm having a great time. Hey, I'm loving it. Oh my it. God, me? Love it. <laughs> Every single moment. <laughs> All right.